0: Welcome, guys. Welcome to the Dad's Roundtable. I'm so thankful that you're here today. Today is a topic and a conversation that I know personally is on a lot of dads' hearts and on their minds right now, and that's the conversation about how do we talk to our kids and have a healthy dialogue about God's design for sex. And... There's a lot of background to that. There's a lot of baggage that people bring with that. But before we get started, I want everybody to know who's around the table, if if they're on a podcast or on the video. I want to introduce you guys really quick, if that's okay. Uh, Daniel Rankin, you are a student pastor here at uh, Crossings Oklahoma City location. Yeah. You've been in the ministry for a while. Uh, So, really quick, uh, tell us about your household and how long you've been in ministry.
1: Yeah, so uh, my wife, Catherine, and I have two boys, Fletcher and Shepard. Fletcher is seven, Shepard's three. Uh, They're amazing and uh, can't wait to see them grow in this way and have these conversations. Uh, As far as ministry goes, I've been in student ministry for 12 years. Um, have served in a variety of different places, different churches. Uh, I've been at Crossings now for three years and, man, just love this place, love these people, uh, love the people I get to serve with and the students that we get to serve in our student ministry. And it's uh, it's an exciting time to be a part of our student ministry at Crossings. So Absolutely. Well, yeah. thanks for being here
0: today. Uh, next, we have Scott Conrad, uh, licensed marriage and family therapist. Uh, fairly new to Crossings, but not new to ministry. So right. real briefly, uh, let us know who's in your house sure. and a little bit about you.
2: Yeah, so my wife Patty and I have uh, Hudson and Noah, and they're 14 and 16. And I've uh, been in ministry probably about 23 years. I've been working at the Baptist Children's Home as my primary experience. And i um, been here maybe about two years in counseling.
0: Nice. Well, thanks for yeah. coming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, glad to be here. Then we have the wise sage, Ron Mon, (laughs) Uh, licensed professional counselor and marriage and family therapist. Um, You've been uh, here at Crossings for many, many moons.
3: 18 and a half years.
0: Okay. Give us a little background about you, how you got here and who's in your house.
3: Okay. Um, Let me do the household first. Okay. Uh, I'm married to Kim. Kim and I are, she is also a therapist. And uh, we've been married 45 years. We met in seminary uh, after um, both of us went through OU. um, Boomer.
1: (laughs) And uh,
3: we have two adult kids. Um, Nicholas will be 39 in this year, and Megan will be uh, 36. Mm -hmm. Um, And they are both married. And Nicholas and Kathleen have blessed us with uh, two grandsons. Brecken, who is five and Brooks, who is three. So do you bring a little different life stage to the table mm-hmm. than us? So we're going to
0: we're just going to listen to you this whole time yeah. about <laughs> and handle that. I think this is table time, right? <laughs> this is table time. All right. Well, I'm just a well, personal confession. You know, we, we did a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. So here's my disclaimer. Uh, really quick story. In the seventh grade, we had sex education class where the PE teacher and the health teacher got together all day, separated boys and girls, and I was sick that day, so I missed. Mm. And then in the ninth grade, the football coach and the history teacher did the same thing, we had sex education day, and I was sick that day. So welcome to my first <laughs> sex education course. <laughs> it's gonna get really awkward for you guys. <laughs> uh, so the, but, but it's that background, it's that, it's that uh, what we bring to the conversation as a dad, of how we had experiences in discussion about God's design for sex. Uh, I call it the talk mm-hmm. or the sex talk. But um, we, were, we were chatting the other day and Scott, you said something about the talk. Right. Uh, so let's just define terms really quick. Let's just here's the overarching overarching theme for today is how do we navigate conversation about God's design for sex? And then we'll discuss pillars underneath that sexual culture, um, sexual stewardship and just uh, correcting and instructing along the way. But, Scott, really quick, tee us up here. Yeah. What is the talk?
2: Well, I think you're right. It's about um, God's design for sex. And so since we've been talking, um, I've been practicing with my boys mm. I felt conviction. Mm. And so we've done it in the truck. We've talked about it in the truck. Uh, We talked about it last night on the back porch, Mm -hmm. and they had some really good questions. I told them I went and throw them under the bus, (laughs) but they got some answers to some of their questions. So I'm glad we're doing this. Nice. So more of a conversation. Right. Conversation. Uh, A a long conversation. more than just one time.
3: Yeah. So, Ron, when does that start? So I see a better word than conversation is a dialogue. Dialogue. Okay. And to me, that dialogue begins somewhere in the third or fourth year. Now, be aware, we're modeling sexuality all the time. And I believe the way God has designed us, kids are picking up on that. Mm -hmm. But as in the third to fourth year, we are moving developmentally into the first gender identification phase. And so gender and sexuality go hand in hand. Uh, So I think there is a, and I'm watching this all over again. I watched it with (laughs) Nicholas and Megan uh, in their trajectory to uh, adulthood. And now I'm watching it uh, intergenerationally with uh, Brecken and with Brooks uh, and their awareness of their gender as males and uh, boys. And then their awareness of men and women and their difference. uh, And those are the rudiments of... And their curiosity about mm-hmm. all that, mm-hmm. and they are mm-hmm. um, yep. the rudimentary of that uh, is already becoming to surface. I can see Brecken is influencing Brooks, so Brooks is probably coming to some of this awareness based on Brecken, who is two years older, where he's at. Yes, um, because they're they're interacting with one another. Plus, they're interacting with every kid yeah. at daycare, mm-hmm. and so all of this becomes. Um, and expanding awareness of gender and of sexuality. Yeah, you you guys talk about parenting forward. Is that what you mean about
0: starting at? That seems really young to me. Mm -hmm. Well,
3: okay, and what we're not saying is that we're giving a full-blown anatomy uh, and uh, how to do it manual. (laughs) (laughs) What we're doing is recognizing that they see themselves as male. They're very curious about body parts. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, and then even in how they manage their body parts, Mm -hmm. uh, we're teaching them a sense of stewardship of modesty, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate to talk about or touch or handle or what, you know, uh, and how to interact with one another around all that. Uh, I, so that that's modeling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the access to
2: screens nowadays and the internet has changed mm-hmm. the time frame,
3: the precociousness
2: of yeah.
0: It. Oh, for, for, you mean for age groups? For Age so groups, because age group. if yeah. you have a yeah. child
2: that's in third or fourth grade that has access to screens mm-hmm. or iPads or at the school, you maybe want to talk about it a little bit earlier.
0: Yeah. Well, let's okay. Let's talk about the young age bracket for a second, then, because you you referenced it needs to be age appropriate. How,
2: how do we navigate how do we know what is age-appropriate so what i do with um, younger kids is what we cover uh, our private parts with a bathing suit okay and that's about cool. as far as i go mm-hmm. and they know what you mean when we're swimming but you know we don't show those private parts to other people right and so that's kind of a baseline that i start with yeah. and then you know, there's good pictures and there's bad pictures and those mm-hmm. kind of things mm-hmm. so
0: and if they have questions i've, I've used a swimming pool analogy before with my kids is that you know a few years ago we wouldn't allow you in the deep end that's not for you right now Mm -hmm. and then the next year okay you can go to the deep end but i'm with you well this year they're swimming all over the place so it's a good picture for them to know that oh i can progress to that right but right now it's not a no conversation it's just a not yet conversation they're not
2: emotionally ready
0: right Right. and i can't handle certain things but as age appropriate it's nice to communicate in a way that they
1: might understand it Mm. so so I've, I've got a question around that. I've got a you know, seven-year-old boy who is asking curious questions. Do I meet their curiosity with an answer, or do I use the analogy, you're not ready yet? If they're asking the questions, are they ready for the answers?
3: Depending on the question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there's some questions that I can give an age-appropriate and intellectually appropriate response. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some questions in which I say, go ask your daddy, um, because they've come up. Um, but there are some questions that I would counsel uh, to take the deep end of the pool approach. That is, that's an adult question, and uh, when you're older... Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be something that dad or mom will talk to you about.
2: Mm. But I would affirm that, that he's asking questions like, hey, I'm so thankful you asked questions because you're going to get answers from dad soon. There is
3: curiosity and we don't want to, we want to shape and direct Mm -hmm. curiosity, not quash it. Shut it down that it never comes
0: up again. Or you're not a safe person. person. And And I think that's part of every episode we talk about the job description of dad. Mm -hmm. That is to provide, to sacrificially love instead of spiritual climate. And I think in this conversation, it hits two of those. It's providing an emotionally safe place Mm -hmm. that they can address this topic and you are a safe person to address it with, but also in a spiritual climate through God's design. So communicating that through God's design. So here's maybe a question to follow up with that. How much should dad lean into? Well, this is what God says. And God would be mad at you if you did this or God God doesn't want you to do this Mm -hmm. and kind of viewing kind of, kind of passing the buck to God to say, you know what, it's his, it's his issue that you're
3: going to have. It's interesting. We'll either pass it to God or pass it to the devil. Oh, <laughs> no, I like that. Uh, yeah. I like that. You know? Yeah. And the truth of it is that's revealing our anxiety because okay those responses that would pass it on mm-hmm. or get global and the response and very general reveals anxiety within me, unresolved issues perhaps around my own sexual stewardship. Yeah. Um, fear that uh, if I don't lay down the law, in, in this case, God's law, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're gonna twist off and we're gonna have a real problem. And I would just remind them, this kid is three. <laughs> um, that's probably mm-hmm. not in the cards. and you have lots of opportunities to shape, not just one. So even if you misstep at three, seven, uh, five, right. um, there's plenty of opportunity to continue the converse. It's a dialogue, not a talk. Not a talk. Yeah. And so good. we have lots of opportunities to revisit things. And what we want to do is lay down that uh, environment that I'm a safe person to talk about yeah. uh, these things. Uh, and... I would encourage you to do that. Nice. You you mentioned the uh,
0: getting global and I assume you mean the culture. Let the culture get have an influence in that conversation.
3: Well not only do well and what I was thinking was uh, global in the sense that these are overarching themes and so I get very anxious that I'm managing all that. Right. Uh, And so we you know we over address a a specific, mm-hmm. or we get really global and the kid's going, well, you know. yeah, They really can't pinpoint, what right. are we talking about? Yeah, yeah. now what yeah. are we talking about? Because <laughs> yeah. 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 intellectually, they're not, you know, you're in a concrete uh, developmental stage in which what you say mm-hmm. uh, has a real chance of just being literal. Sure, sure. Scott, you mentioned
0: the screen time mm-hmm. and how that's gonna influence kids. Yeah. Uh, living in a over-sexualized culture, I think is the, <laughs> the way that we could state it, mm-hmm. uh, how do we protect them within that culture? Okay,
2: I love that question because I made a quote for that. Awesome. Okay. Perfect. Well, I just teed you up perfectly. You just teed <laughs> me up. So it says, every man hungers to know and live the truth about life, love, and sex. The problem is when we don't feed ourselves from the banquet of God's plan, mm-hmm. we end up binging on junk food. So it's where they're going to feed. Yeah. And feeding on God's design and God's plan. And that's what I want my boys to hear is that it's a good thing mm-hmm. and that God has a gift for you on your wedding night and it's going to be great. So, we're not always no, no, no. Right. It's like it's, there's a beauty and a mystery behind it.
0: Mm-hmm. There, that, uh, I jotted down 1 Corinthians 6 today that uh, there's kind of two approaches that Paul is outlining here. And in verse 13 he says, food is meant for the stomach and stomach for food. So just like when you get hungry, there's a desire, feel that appetite. Right. Sex, he's saying there's a there's some of you that that's the way you approach sex. Right. There's a desire just it's just another appetite. It's like a drive-through, just yeah, just go through the drive thru you need through. to do. Yeah. yeah. And then verse 18, there's another side that says flee from sexual immorality. Now, is, is this and this is maybe my my perception, so correct me here, but that seems to be two approaches in today's world. Either have what you want, go for it. In the, in the view of sex, or flee from it, don't talk about it, don't address it until that beautiful day of your wedding night, you know, and then, then it's a beautiful gift from God. You know, so can we talk about that? Those two uh, polar opposite approaches to this topic, and then is there a more healthy response?
2: I would say yes, <laughs> because of having the, the dialogue, like Ron's talking about is that you're building that anticipation to that moment, mm-hmm. but you're not stifling them or telling them no, yeah. you're giving them hope, you're giving them reasons to wait, and you're, you're speaking into your kids' lives that it's a good thing to wait. But how do we wait? How do we feed it at the banquet table? What does that look like? Yeah. You know, we do projects, or we ride our bikes, or we be entertained by other things that aren't to that nature. And so I think that's where We as dads, the doorkeepers of the house have to manage that for them.
0: Wow. You said wait. So that reminds me. So you're talking to a lot of dads who grew up in 80s and 90s. So true love waits, purity culture movement. Uh, I know know a lot of dads who grew up in church and around that mentality. Uh, Any thoughts on uh, how to parent with that background and any approach to kids with that maybe in, in a dad's background?
1: Yeah. So the first thing that comes to mind, that that is me. I grew up in, at that time in that culture. Um, I think uh, one of the things that that did for me in that culture was it, it almost equated it to salvation. Like this Mm -hmm. was a save yourself sort of a situation. Um, And it just put a lot of pressure on, on, on kids at that time around this topic. And so, uh, it became hard to talk about it with other people. You know, you, always, you were afraid to kind of open up because um, of all the pressure that was there. And so, as I think about that with dads, as we talk about having a dialogue, how do we do that and depressurize that conversation, um, destigmatize that conversation with our kids? Um, one of the things that I keep thinking as we're talking is you know they're going to search and find answers somewhere as we talk about you know the age of screens, mm-hmm. right? And so it's very important that we, as dads, become a safe place like we've been talking about and destigmatize, depressurize so that we can engage and that we, we are a place where they can come and get answers and not just look for those externally. So mm-hmm. that's, that's one of the things that comes up for me, at least whenever I think about purity culture. Mm-hmm.
3: One of the two things that come to mind. Well, I grew up in an evangelical denomination uh, with youth pastors that took, I mean, these were the precursors to the purity culture. Mm-hmm. It was done on a smaller scale because it was just West Falker Park Baptist Church. But those same principles were laid down. Uh, and the same beat of the message was on the purity, which is, you know, begins with P, right? And so yeah. does the word performance. <laughs> and so what it did was take sexuality And the litmus test of salvation or relationship with God was how pure you had Mm -hmm. kept yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, The two things that occur to me as that movement that probably was true of most fundamental denominations uh, throughout the 20th century. I mean, we can trace it back to the, the Puritan movement. Um, German pietism is this emphasis on purity without shaping an appreciation for sexuality. Yes. It's driven based on scripture, but scripture s- interpreted it and offered through anxiety mm-hmm. uh, and offered with an insensitivity to the individual who's hearing this, mm-hmm. the family system that kid is growing up in. So, and then, and and probably a third element, what do adolescents do? They're pretty literal mm. and they tend to over interpret, <laughs> uh, yeah. overapply. over yeah. apply. And so when you offer a schemata of purity without a balance of, hey, this is sexual stewardship. Mm-hmm. And this is, there are good godly scriptural reasons why we want to steward this well. Uh, is that a hard issue? For
2: me, it would be a hard issue for my boys to protect the young lady's heart and their heart hmm. in, in this process. And I think maybe that's where I think the purity culture missed it a
3: little bit. It was really don't, don't, don't. Mm-hmm. But it really had a heart issue. That's right. And if you if so, what that's only one piece of a heart issue. So if I am curating a God-sensitive heart that is not fear-based but love-based, you know, does, does this heart know the abundant pursuing love of the Father? Mm. Or is it the pursuant wrath of the Father? And it's easy to miss the love in checking the boxes of purity mm-hmm. f- for performance based. I really like, yeah, it becomes tantamount to salvation. <laughs> and that's, that's, and then what are you going to do when they mess up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When that purity standard has been failed, yeah. Shame. Where do they go? Yeah, shame. shame. Mm-hmm. So there, that is a hard issue. And either, the, you know, two thoughts there. I become overly anxious and uh, performance driven in my faith walk, or I just get a hard heart and go, I can't, me- I can't meet this standard. So why bother? And then I start discounting the standard yeah. and then miss the blessing of healthy sexual stewardship. Yeah. And a beautiful picture of that uh, confrontation with the
0: individual in mind. Is the woman at the well yeah. and Jesus interacting with her and knowing who she is and seeing her and interacting with her. But let's, let's talk about comp- uh, confronting or correcting. What's a healthy way to do that? What's a healthy way for a dad, let's say of teenagers or maybe young adults or even younger, I guess, that needs to um, correct? Is that, is that the right word to use? How would you all navigate that, well, that I, idea?
3: So, we, when we were kind of thinking through this, um, confrontation, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: conversation, correction. Mm -hmm. So I want to have a confrontive, I'm going to talk about the issue. I'm not going to avoid it and I'm not going to overreact to it. Right. But I am going to engage it. So that's what I mean by that word confront. And then I want to have a conversation. That conversation is both verbal and nonverbal. It's heart and mind. Mm. It's relational. And so I want to be uh, with my grandkids. I don't want to be harsh. I want to be invitational. With my kids, I want to be invitational, not reactive. Mm -hmm. And so that's why that word conversational is invitational. And then the correction: I'm going to say, hey, this is some scriptural wisdom, there is a standard here mm-hmm. that we can aspire to, but it's not a whip. Yes. It's not a litmus test of in or out, mm-hmm. sheep or goat. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, think do do get, think?
2: I think we can get into controlling it. We're trying to control. And for me, it's more about, I want to move into consulting. Yep. Mm-hmm. And help okay. them. yeah, you know, it's because yeah. if I try to control everything, they're not going to respond well to that. But I love if, that. Yeah. If I can consult,
3: If I become the consultant, you know, I start, Mm -hmm. you know, more engaged than a consultant would be, right? But by the time they're 18 or 19 or 20, I'm a consultant. Mm -hmm. I don't have that kind of control. I may think I do, but no, you don't. You don't. I've (laughs) raised you. (laughs) you. (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) No, you you don't.
1: (laughs) Whenever you talk about that, we talk about dialogue. I hear you saying, let's talk with them not at them yeah. in those situations. And so I think part of that in my mind, I, I have the question of is it appropriate to share your own you know, needing of correction, <laughs> your own uh, situations with sexual uh, sin or sexual failures in your own life? How, do those, how does your story come into play whenever you're parenting your kids? Carefully.
3: yeah. yeah. Um. There may be points in later adolescence, early adulthood, mm-hmm. that say, hey, I struggle with this, I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but their kids are idealized. Mm-hmm. And when you shatter an ideal, they don't have the emotional wherewithal. To sort through that and go, oh, my dad's got, dad's got clay feet. All pe- dads have clay feet. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I want to manage that. I want to steward that dynamic, uh, and what I'm modeling. I'm not trying to be hypocritical in that, but I have to realize that my kid, and I think that we've gone through an era with total transparency so right, right, you know right. if i mismanaged during my adolescence i need to somehow it's less than honorable unless i share all that mm-hmm. um, that's just not the case uh, there are things about my history that my kid is not benefited by knowing right, right. it doesn't undermine my credibility yeah. uh, any more than it, it's, it secures my credibility by being transparent had. I had a 20-someone in my office yesterday and uh, I, I got really in touch that this, this individual's father and mother probably were way too transparent about their own mm. challenges mm-hmm. uh, and it shaped the way he understood them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think it takes some wisdom uh, and I'm not sure that details are ever uh, appropriate.
1: Mm-hmm. I, think it's a,
2: yeah, I think it's modeling. You know, mm-hmm. how am I modeling my sexuality, stewarding my sexuality in front of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the patterns yes. that I have. And that, uh,
0: Life Care has that, that quote, and I love it. I'm only going to be effective with my kids as I am with myself. And so maybe this conversation in this episode is a cue for dad that if there's some things that you need to work on, if there's some things that you need to address, is there some sexual um, uh, influences or things that you need to work on As you're having these conversations and these dialogues that's appropriate and necessary as well.
3: I like the word necessary they're essential Um, because if I am not in the process of addressing these issues the way I address my kid is going to be shaped by my own sexual stewardship or Mm -hmm. lack thereof Mm -hmm. Um, and is really important for our dads to find safe places mm-hmm. to process where they've been, where they are with hope and aspiring to allow the Holy Spirit to grow them into new place of mm-hmm. how they handle or steward their sexuality.
0: Okay. Uh, so, I have a daughter and a son. Uh, Daniel and Scott, you have two boys. Mm-hmm. Ron, you have a daughter and a son. So, uh, Let's talk about having a conversation centered around God's design for sex with our daughters. So let me guess, me telling my daughter, go ask your mother is probably, probably not my only approach to this conversation.
3: <laughs> She's nine, so I'm. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Kim handled all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she handled the nitty gritty yeah, okay. of it, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the anatomical pieces of mm-hmm. it. Uh, there were parts that were more comfortable and more appropriate, I think, yes. for mom to speak into. Uh, but there was a, an important role that I played uh, in talking with Megan around sexual stewardship, her, what her sexual identity, uh, management of that. Gender-wise, and what she was looking for in a in a guy, mm-hmm. you know, both as dating partner and then eventually as a life mate. What does what's involved there? Uh, so those were things I could speak into. I remember the day that I stopped letting her sit in my lap, yeah. and she didn't quite get it, yeah. and she got teary, and I got teary. Oh. But it was it was clear right. that that season. Had ended, And she was no longer daddy's little girl, but she was um, daddy's daughter who is evolving mm-hmm. into a young lady. And to celebrate that,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, there were things that I did not talk about uh, that would have been, I think, uncomfortable for both me and her. So I really valued what Kim brought to the that part of it. Mm-hmm. There were things I don't think Kim would have been comfortable, nor Nicholas, uh, in the conversation. Uh, around that era of his development. Mm-hmm. But, but mom had things to say about women and how yeah. to engage women. And uh, those were strategic and important for Nicholas's development. I had things to say about the kind of guy you should seek. Yeah. Uh, and how that was important to keep God in the middle of that mm-hmm. um, and how to preserve Uh, some things for the appropriate moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so, man, that brings back a memory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm in in the middle of it right now with my nine-year-old. And and one thing I love, and the way you kind of phrased it earlier about uh, kids are so literal. And so I'm, I'm trying to have these literal moments with my daughter that later I can use as a maybe more abstract metaphor. And so one of those that's really hit home with her, really resonated with her, is that when you're with a man, and let's say she she starts dating or is pursuing somebody or somebody's pursuing her and what we do when when my daughter and I are walking down the sidewalk is I am in between the traffic and her so she is never where the cars are she's where the building is and there was one time we we're coming out of a restaurant and, and I was just chatting or something and she realized that I got it backwards and she corrected us because she knew that Sweet. dad needs sketch. to be right there where the cars yeah. are Sweet. and I informed her like this is why I'm here Yeah, think about it. If a car comes off the road I need to be able to get you out of the way and I'm gonna stand in front of you now Metaphorically that works into dating that you need to look for a man who's not just gonna protect you physically but emotionally right. Spiritually, well those gonna, are first aren't they? Those are <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those yeah, those should be first anyway, but that yeah. that this is the picture Of the kind of partner that you need in your life. So I think even, uh, the single dads that are out there who are like, well, what the heck do I do with my daughters? You know, and he, uh, doesn't have a partner right now that, that is walking with him, that there's some things that he can do, some patterns that he can do to, to inform and, um, equip, I think his daughter going forward in this. But do you want to speak to the single dads? Any, any thoughts on Yeah, just
3: because this is uncomfortable or awkward um, doesn't lessen your responsibility. If you're in that role that um, mom isn't present or active, Mm -hmm. uh, that you have a responsibility here to speak into things and maybe you're going to have to speak into some things that if everything were normal and, and ideal, Um, maybe mom would be speaking into. Mm -hmm. Being sure that those young women have healthy women mentors that are shaping the the conversation along with you and inviting um, a connection between the daughter and that female mentor um, is really two thoughts I have. I think we need to be aware, and this is kind of a zing maybe, But menarche in 1776 was around 16 and a half years. Menarche in 2023 floats the age of 10. Hmm. So physiologically, for lots of three or four reasons, young girls are moving into young ladyhood at a much earlier stage. Hmm. And so that conversation, as much as we'd like to delay it, we can't, Right. we have to engage it. Uh, and if I'm in a situation where I am single and I am the parental influence, then I need probably to do a little bit of consultation on how maybe best to handle that. Yeah. It also has to be shaped to the individual. So that young lady that you have in your home that is your daughter, how? What, it, how does she operate? You know, some young ladies are precocious. And then the general exposure culturally, yeah. they're more aware sooner. Not only physiologically, are they, their bodies moving younger, just sociologically, they are more aware of sexual themes.
2: But I think that's the beauty of the church is that those single dads have someone to go to. Yeah, They have yeah. that older Christian woman who they trust and is gonna speak into that yeah. young girl's life. And I love that.
0: Well, let's talk about um, this idea of parenting out of anxiety. We briefly touched on it. What do you mean by that? What's an example in this topic of parenting out
2: <laughs> well, of anxiety? Just... When they go, gross, dad, yeah, you, okay. you and mom? Yeah. Gross. <laughs> twice, that's twice. Twice. That's it. <laughs> then are like, yeah, okay, I'm done. But, no, I think it's that fear that we're going to mess up. Okay. The fear that we're not going to get it right. And that fear will paralyze you. And so instead of just... Leaning into that fear and trusting the Lord and praying about it, that you got to make the effort um, and put the work in, or somebody else is going to do it for you. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, it's the the fear not just that you're going to mess up, but that you're going to mess them up. Yeah, right? like, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> that, your, that your screw up is going to affect them in some really negative ways. That mm-hmm. um, that it can't be that you can't stop there. You've got to move past that, and move forward into into who God is, into what He has for you and your kids, instead of um, all of your anxiety around the yeah.
3: issue. Yeah. yeah, I would say that uh, some of that anxiety is they're not gonna hear it strong enough. Uh, they're gonna forget it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, there's a tendency I think with dads to get more aggressive mm-hmm. in offering the message. So yeah. you don't forget it. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And that comes right out of an anxious place Yeah, that I'm gonna try to muscle this mm-hmm. uh, moment. And we forget this is a moment <laughs> In a long dialogue and I want to come back to that if we can realize it's a it is a layered multiple uh, faceted opportunity mm-hmm. to shape their sexual stewardship yeah. uh, I think that's an invitation to kind of chill
1: yeah so I, I have a question around that the, the dialogue if I haven't started that with my kid at three how do I start that with them oh, well at question. 12? Or you know, have I missed the boat? Or how do I initiate later? Go ahead, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think
2: you, you just got to start the, the conversations. Like, hey, we need, to, we need to have this talk. And if you have any questions or what, you know, that's what I did with my boys. I mean, I love it, Matt, that you, you're doing this because it forced me to have those talks that I thought I'd had. Mm-hmm. But the boys are like, man, glad, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this, Dad. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that they want to do it again and again and sit on the back porch and ask the hard questions. Yeah. What does this mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and I get this. say, okay, answer that question. Yeah. And um,
1: I think just getting started, it's going to be awkward,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, but you got to do it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, being around our students, our teenagers a lot here at the church, one of the things that I would say to this, to parents is parents, they want to talk to you about yes. this. Um, and yes, it may be awkward initially, but um, I hear from students all the time who have these questions, and the, the refrain that I kind of hear is, I, I my parents don't talk to me about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there is this want for them to have a place with you to discuss these issues. And so I think sometimes it's just cracking the door and they will step through it.
3: I would wanna say, add to this, that the conversations I have three, five, seven are not the conversations I'm gonna have at nine, or 11, or 12, 15, or even 20. mm -hmm. Um, And so just because maybe I talk about this at three, it's in a modified manner, and it's going to be repetitive. It isn't just one talk, it's a repetition of themes, Mm -hmm. so that if I have not started it at three, and I do engage it at 9, 10, 11, 12 at pubescence, Uh, those things are still apparent and and are going to have to be addressed. Uh, And I wouldn't feel, I would encourage a dad, just because those conversations didn't happen in their earlier formative years, the current formative years, are still asking a lot of the same questions, Mm -hmm. just wanting more information or needing to be addressed in a more uh, expansive way. Mm -hmm. Right. We have some friends,
0: uh, some dads who will, at a certain age, will take their son on a trip, on a road trip. And so sometimes it's hand them a book, let's read on the way down, let's say every word you can think of, say it out loud, let's, <laughs> let's talk this through. Uh, let's say a, you know a 12 year old or a 13 year old or um, maybe even a little younger than that. But I was just thinking about that trip as you were saying that, that uh, if dads are going on that trip with their 13 year old and they have a decade of conversations and dialogue wow. that they've already been having, how much, how much more uh, impactful or how, um, it's a how, gift. Was, it, it, that would a, be a gift. That's a gift. Uh, <laughs> and it's still necessary, even if you haven't had that dialogue, to do something like that. But for the kid to realize this is the way that I talk to dad anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. But on this particular trip, we're going to really get into it. You know, yeah. but
3: That's important. Am I, the, the talk yeah. is shaped by other talks,
2: yeah.
3: other mm-hmm. topics. So am I emotionally safe around, I don't know, work ethic, school, mm-hmm. yeah. grades, Right, uh, other dynamics that mm-hmm. a kid, you know, stealing professors. or yeah. lying. or yeah. uh, Have I created a safety there? Yeah. So that that bleeds over or becomes a, a general foundation for this specific conversation in a larger conversation regarding sexual stewardship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To know that it is a, you have provided a, a safe, emotionally safe place.
0: Mm-hmm to talk about the difficult things that a, that a kid might want to talk about. But I, I think that's great to hear that teenagers are really wanting to have this conversation with dad.
2: Yeah. They're wanting you, you to know that. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: like, I love that. Yeah. They, yeah. they
2: are definitely wanting you. Yeah,
1: I think back to the conversation we had around the spiritual talk with dads, and so much of what you mm-hmm. just said, Ron, is exactly what we ta- said in that, in that setting as well, um, that all of this plays into each other, that... Um, your ability to be a safe space for your kids, mm-hmm. um, to set that tone is is vital across all of this. So, yeah. so
3: let me jump in here, because it just, just occurred to me, and this is really just kind of to band around. We talk about this as if all, dads are even <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> even keeled yeah. right and they're <laughs> yeah. just yeah. going to be uh, father knows best which is probably a program most of you guys yeah, don't even before, know what is before our time right either. yeah okay i'm dating myself but here's this even keeled mm-hmm. wise that rarely gets angry Mm -hmm. you know, and if he gets stern, it's just a slight edge. Mm -hmm. Most of us are not like that. I'm not like that, uh, for sure. And if I had anything to do over again with my two and what I work hard (laughs) still with my three and Mm five-year-old grandsons is not to have edge unnecessarily. There are times when you got to be intense, but a lot of guys kind of operate out of intensity. Uh, And I think that When we are trying to parent out of appreciation for the love of Jesus, we need to receive the love of Jesus Mm -hmm. and to soften our hearts um, to see, to to identify and maybe better grasp the pursuing love of Jesus for me, the pursuing love of the Father for me, the presence of that love and through the Holy Spirit Mm
0: -hmm.
3: to soften my heart so that I can relax. You know, intensity, reactivity, uh, anger, aggression is driven either by anxiety or entitlement and neither are God's ideal. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I, the, the best balm, the best corrective, the best medicine for anxiety or entitlement, and I struggle with both, is this understanding that Jesus' love, the Father's love is pursuing me. Mm-hmm. And that's not ooey gooey, right. it's not kumbaya. Yeah. Right. It's a reality that really has the ability to soften heart. And with a softer heart, I'm able to embrace, to support, to shape my kids in ways that are emotionally safe. Mm-hmm. That made me think that
2: there's different type of kids as well as different type of dads. That mm-hmm. Some kids are gonna be just quiet as a church mouse, but they're gonna listen and you gotta still speak into it. And there's other kids when I ask a million questions. Mm-hmm. So I like that reminder that there's gonna be
3: a different response from your kids too, and that's okay. Yeah. To know your kid is important. If I wanted to have any kind of serious conversation or expansive conversation with Nicholas, after I, as a therapist, I worked a lot of nights. We had one night a week in which we got in our minivan mm-hmm. and we drove around, we got Sonic or something and we never looked at each other. It was always yep. looking out the windshield, but all this chatter's going on, right? And it yep. was, it, I love those. Megan, uh-uh, we're gonna go get something somewhere and she's gonna sit and <laughs> face look at me, <laughs> look at me, daddy. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had, to, so each of those kids, it wasn't just their, one was a girl, one was a boy. Mm-hmm. It was the way they wanted to engage me uh, and what was comfortable for them. So uh, being sensitive to my kid and, yeah. The temperament of my kid and all those individual characteristics, qualities mm-hmm. uh, that that kid is blessed with, I want to work within those parameters. Well, I like that. You, the pursuit
0: of God's love yeah. on my life yeah. changes my identity. So, if you're a business owner, if you're a CEO, if you have all these employees, and you're just going to talk to your kid like it's a performance review, mm-hmm. you kind of miss that. Yeah. <laughs> you
2: kind of <laughs> miss that point. You
0: kind of miss. Uh, who they are. Mm. You miss that opportunity for sensitivity, but knowing God's love is pursuing me brings with it the sensitivity for them. Mm. And so I, I do kind of want to, maybe we should have started. We need to rewind and start way back and say, Dad, you need to work on yourself. Mm. If there, if this issue is spurring up some anxieties and some things in, in your past and your life to uh, uh, make you not want to pursue this dialogue, then let's start there. Let's, let's remember whose we are and let's remember that we've been sealed. I think the, the word in Hebrew is Lamelech. That's that second Corinthians passage. You have been sealed. You've been anointed. You are set apart. You're a different person. Yeah. The baggage that you bring with this conversation isn't there anymore. New creation. You're a yeah. new creation. Yeah. So live in that, live in God's love in that. And as age appropriate, bring it up about your past. Well, this is what I went through as it makes sense of the conversation. But I, I do think that maybe that's an opportunity for this topic is an opportunity for dads to realize that maybe they need to work on themselves because they're only going to be as effective to their kids
3: as they are to themselves. What a motivation. Yeah. yeah. You know, You know, some of the, just remembering those conversations once a week, one night was Nicholas and one night was Megan because just of my work schedule and their school schedules. And I look back and I remember, those were sweet times, yes. and I didn't do it perfectly, mm-hmm. yes. right? Um, the goal isn't to be perfect. Right. The, the goal is one, to be engaged, right. uh, and to be engaged out of an understanding of one's own engagement with the Father.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I think for me, I tell my boys that as a spiritual leader, I'm the doorkeeper of the house. What goes on behind the door, and what goes, what comes through the door, and so if I bring A bad attitude home that affects the whole family and and if I let certain things into my home that affects the whole family and so it's kind of a I'm the doorkeeper or the gatekeeper and that's what they I want them to learn to be for their families
3: like that I want to caveat something that as we were we as guys the way we do God for the most part is a performance Mm -hmm. Uh, a production Mm -hmm. with check boxes to be sure. So I have measures you know, we, we Mm -hmm. approach God with metrics. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it stretches us to think about a pursuing God that isn't operating off metrics, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, um, evangelical understanding is kind of based on metrics. We talked about the purity culture that introduced a metric, a major metric, Mm -hmm. uh, Getting beyond the metric and and getting into the experience of a relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. and then being able to be a conduit um, to our kids—not that we don't have aspirations and hopes for them—but right. it's not driven by performance or their providing them like a checklist. Right. Um, and their checklist correctly done is something has something to do with a checklist that. I did correctly, You know, it it just operates at a different level.
2: Mm. Yeah, and I think our identity, it's received in Christ. It's not achieved. Mm -hmm. You know, we receive it. Mm -hmm. And I tell my boys, you already have your identity. Mm -hmm. It's already been received. You're already a new creation. And so, I think that's what I want to put out there for them is your identity is in Christ.
1: I think on that topic, one of the things that uh, I've done with my boys from the time they could understand words, was we do this thing at bedtime that's, you know, where do I love you? When do I love you and why do I love you? Love you everywhere all the time. And because you're my son, Uh, not because of what you do, not because of what you've achieved, but because of who you are. And so I I feel like if I can help them understand that's the way that my love operates, then whenever it comes their time to understand who God is, it's just going to be that much easier to receive His love um, as they understand the sort of love that I have for them in that way. And so. yeah that, that should
3: be a waking and closing the day prayer yeah. mm-hmm. who's yeah, who say it say it in my
1: <laughs> when do i love you where do i love you and why do i love okay. you so they i ask they answer sure very so cool. oh wow that's just very that cool. continual every night understanding of, wow well,
0: yeah. and then living in and receiving christ in that way being a new creation opens our eyes to sensitivities and sensibilities, I think, is what we, we talked about the other day, of, of that sexual culture. Yes. So we should be aware of yes. the pond that they're swimming in right, right. now. Yes. And we should be aware, but we are so sensitive to it because we're informed by Christ. Mm. Yep. And that
3: sensitivity and awareness with the with the statement, "Don't be anxious about this, the Holy Spirit has direction for you. You don't have to operate out of anxiety that would be reactive, mm-hmm. right. but you, you can operate with a steadiness in this, realizing this is a long conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: I just want to really emphasize, because we can, as a guy, we can pull this back into a performance yep. that is anxiety-driven with a checkbox that, did I... Did I succeed? Did I fail? Or the or one is. and done. I did it?
2: Yeah.
1: Checked it off the checklist.
0: Yeah. Well, as we're talking about dads and, um, you know, this this conversation, we do have some resources here at Crossings. Uh, I think we start in the fifth and sixth grade. We have this program called Real Talk. Uh, do you all want to speak to that?
2: Go for it. <laughs> yeah. You probably know more about
0: it well, than I do. So. yeah,
3: Real Talk is a conversation with the fifth and sixth graders yeah. uh, about sexuality. I think the first year is more anatomical and then the second year is more uh, beyond the mechanics of it. Mm-hmm. And b- both years are undergirded with God's gift of sexual uh, sexuality mm-hmm. and stewardship and then how to best do that. Yeah. And then there's a, we're mostly involved with the session with the parents yeah. and how to parent out uh, with, how to parent this area of, a child's development, not out of anxiety, but out of intentionality. Okay. Uh, and that's a great conversation we get to have every year with the parents that, uh, fifth and sixth grade so, parents. So dad doesn't just drop, drop off the kids and leave. No, he has to, to come. come. There's yeah. an yeah. hour for him, yeah. and, and it's, it's incredible. A lot of moms show up, yeah. but man, when those dads show up, yes. that blesses my heart. Yeah. Absolutely. They're willing to engage yeah. this. They may be drugged there, but <laughs> yeah, they they're either. there. Yeah. Yes. Well, they, it, because when
0: we lead in that, it does have that impact. When dad is leading that conversation, things about faith, things about on this topic, um, it will have a huge impact through young adulthood even. Uh, we also have for dads who need to uh, work on ourselves when we, we need to address this issue just in our own life. We
2: have a program called Freedom Fight, right. Scott, and that you want to speak to that a little bit. Sure. So the Freedom Fight program is one I've kind of. Found out there that addresses the six roots of uh, porn addiction. Okay, and so real quick, that we've talked about it: the sexualized society, the addicted brain, isolation, uh, negative emotions, shame. We've talked about that and trauma. And so it's about um, almost a six-month program to go through, wow. but it addresses all those issues. And so we would love to have any dads because you, you can only share as much as you know about you know th- different things as your sexuality if you're struggling right you need to get help right you can help your son too yeah and don't
0: um, don't let that get in the way right. of having the the appropriate conversations right. later on right yeah.
3: well, anything else you want to add life cares here as a as, support yeah. um for all families uh Scott and I really value the opportunity to sit with dads and talk through parenting issues. Yeah, and there's
2: defend young minds. I know it's a website. Yeah, yeah. How to talk to your kids about pornography, oh, and it's okay. age appropriate, and they've done a fabulous job. Okay. So if you're struggling with that too, um, that might be another podcast. But
3: that will be. And <laughs> even beyond just the, the the issue of pornography or my own sexual issues, CR Step Studies is a way to engage. Uh, a process of growing those areas of myself yeah. that are perhaps wounded and need address. It's not just for addiction, yeah. um, family of origin issues, and yeah. just missteps uh, in the way I look at life, uh, based all grounded in scripture. So that would be another option. Yeah. It's an eight month engagement, but it, it's with a group of guys uh, and the opportunity to be safe and transparent mm-hmm. in working through. Uh, some of the issues uh, men have. Uh, that's a great way to do that. Yeah.
0: And, and CR is celebrate recovery. Celebrate Recover recovery step studies, and that's right. a, na- a nationwide program that, that we right. host on Thursday nights and Monday nights. Are,
3: well, we've got them sure, all sure, over the week. Know, yeah. yeah, Monday and Thursday nights, and in the Edmond campus yeah. as well. That's right. <laughs> all
0: right. Well, thank you guys for being. Uh, <laughs> there available. probably is. Just, I know, I know <laughs> the time is up. Time's so. up. <laughs> hey, Ron, we'll do a part two with Ron only. That oh, okay. way, it, no, no. I do appreciate you guys. I think this this for all the reasons we've already discussed is, is a huge topic for our kids to have this type of dialogue and conversation with dad. So, for you to carve out some time and share your wisdom and your understanding in and, and ways that we can equip dads to do that. Uh, you know, we, do, we don't typically end on a prayer, but I do think with this topic, I would love to pray us out. Sure. And I want to pray for any dad that might be listening um, just as they, they figure out what's the next step for them. So, let me pray. Holy Father, Lord, We commit this time to you, and we thank you for the opportunity to just uh, address a serious topic, Uh, Lord. So, I just pray for the dads out there, any dad who is anxious, nervous, any uh, stumbling block that's in their way, Lord, I I pray that they can feel your presence as they navigate this conversation with their kiddos. Lord, we lift them up to you. We know that you love them more than we could ever imagine, and we thank you for the wonderful gift. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, man.